0: Welcome to the final episode of Success is in the Mind, Series 3, and what a series it has been. We've spoken to yet another bunch of outstanding entrepreneurs, we've won the best business podcast of the year from Campaign, and we've built a whole new recording studio. In this episode, we will listen back to some of the entrepreneurs who have joined me on the show. We'll include unique and never-heard-before interviews, as well as bloopers and outtakes from what are seemingly glossy introductions and lead-ins, however, sometimes take a vast amount of time to get right. Thank you for all your support this series. We've already started recording Series 4, which is due to be released in August 2021. And yes, we will be stepping it up a level yet again. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, enjoy the best bits of Series 3. This is successes in the Mind, the Unheard, the Unknown, and the Unbelievable. Sadly, this is one of our last episodes of Seriously, but we'll be back in August with more guests, more stories, more production value, and more inspiration. That said, this is a fascinating episode. Co-founder of Genie's, Izzy Pollock has created with his team something that's remarkable. Nope, these aren't avatars with tall blue. <laughs> okay, we'll pause there, Joe. Sweating, hot, had a vaccine, I'm dying slightly. Here we go. So, launched in 2020, the Munchy Play range includes the first ever children's plate that was designed and... Uh, hold on a minute. <laughs> I'll go again. With the global health food market on the... Right. With the global... <laughs> <laughs> so, on today's show, we founder, creative director, brand innovator and investor, Miles Dunkley. Miles joined the world of entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> that. Just skip from the top. <laughs> In today's episode of Success is in the Mind, I speak to female leader, mentor, local enterprise board member, NED, and CEO of Bamboo Technologies. (laughs) Come on!
1: That'll
0: do, won't it? Joe can cut those together. So as if we weren't international already, we've also gone into the future. We had Genie's founder, Izzy, dial in from America to speak to us about all things avatar and all things digital product placement. What does a typical day in the life of a tech startup back at the day you started look like?
1: Uh, I mean, for me, it was, um, it was waking up, um, going to our work. Uh, on sunset, um, and then setting up a selfie camera and uh, <laughs> recording videos of myself portraying all colors of the emotional rainbow, while folks uh, would walk around my cubicle with their coffees, looking at me, wondering why this guy was crying at eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> like, um, kind of a funny thing to see in a we work. Like, are you okay? Like, no, no, no I'm fine. Like, don't it's, please don't disturb me. This is just my me. job. <laughs> this is what, yeah, this is my job, and um, and that's what it was for the first, you know, first six months of my time there at Genies, and then we would take that those videos, we would bring them to. Our Animation team, they would bring those to life. We would test those with Gen Z, see the reaction, and then rinse and repeat, pivot and um, iterate um, on the emotional expression. Because, you know, the way that kids want to express themselves isn't bound by the way that we're physically limited to. We see this in AR masks, we see this in, in video games. We see people wanting to express and represent themselves in fantastical ways, especially the younger generations and the, and the older generations. But they say young folks uh, drive culture and 50 year old mothers buy it so it really just um you know depends on the the vantage point we always want to stay ahead of the curve and social consumer is driven by gen z so that's the target market that we were developing for but um yeah, that's what the typical day would look like.
0: And just to put this in perspective, you've got Shawn Mendes, Justin Bieber, Rihanna, you know, Cardi B, the lot. You've got them all on your books, so to speak.
1: There's been, yeah. I mean, we've had thousands of uh, celebrities that we've produced avatars for over the last several years, and I've used their their genies in in beautiful ways. Everything from music videos to Times Square activations, social media posts. I mean, you go on Spotify and check out J Balvin's Colorés album. You'll see us chilling in the in the Spotify canvas there um, with his, using his genie. It really is a massive value add. To them and that's why it went from you know us in the first few months of the of the agency, you know, reaching out to our investor base, connecting with different folks, and then very quickly it became an inbound snowball effect, where then we were having to build out, and we're now in this phase now, given our recent announcements with WMG of of formally now building out avatars for all their high level talent across their various labels. So
0: you think this is gonna be essentially influencer marketing of the future?
1: Well I think it's it's a it's a it's a tool right? It's, you know, you can use a video camera for a lot of things. You know, the DSLR wasn't necessarily designed to be used for by every influencer out there for <laughs> vlogging, right? But we're, we're building a, a tool set that people can do whatever they want with it. For celebrities, it means one thing. For every day, for, uh, for the daughter of the teenage daughter in the family, it means one thing. For the father or the mother, it means another thing. But at the end of the day, the core thing is this universal visual identity layer. Just like you have an email or phone number. I'm going to know all over Bruce's avatar, how he wants to represent himself online and I'm going to get to meet him in the digital world, before I meet him in the physical world,
0: I can tell you my avatar will be far cooler than I am. I can tell you that for free.
1: That's a pretty cool thing to say, right? And I kind of believe it. What would you do with it? Throw Gucci on the shoes, I Balenciaga think so, yeah. wings?
0: Yeah, definitely, See? definitely. I'd do everything. Whatever, i throw things at
1: me, and i will buy it all. It's a freeing thing. Build one for me, easy. I'm happy, I'm happy to. It's a it's a freeing idea though to think how could you showcase yourself online. I was just talking with an energy worker who I met via email, and when I finally met her in person, she was asking what genies were, why avatars you know she's very grounded like into spiritual um the spiritual realm and whatnot and i said you know it's a shame that i couldn't meet you digitally before i met you physically of course it's a joy to meet you now but what if i could meet you as a hawk with beautiful rainbow feathers right and these knowing eyes if you could craft that identity and when i spoke to you previously digitally if i could have seen that and known you as that it would have given me more emotional context
0: your forecast then Izzy, for the next three to five years where's genies going to be
1: Genies is going to be everywhere. Um, it's going to be part of how you uh, show up in any digital environment on any platform, you know, continuing our um, our mission of bringing portability uh, to everyone's avatar and sovereignty to everyone's avatar so they can bring it everywhere that they'd like to. Uh, you know, you're going to start to see it eeping in. To every aspect of mainstream consumer life. Um, hopefully sooner than that. You know, there's some. You know, we're fortunate to have some of the platform partnerships that we do. So we already have some level um, of uh, universal portability through our partnership with Giphy um, throughout social media. Um, but you're going to continue to see this um, this avatar um, becoming part of everyone's identity online, everywhere that they spend their time.
0: So I was joined by Ali, all the way from Switzerland, who had three clients before she even started her business in Pressum.
2: So like I said, I I started this business because I saw the opportunity in finance becoming more digital and more transparent and changing the, the conversations and the communications we're having within finance. And um, the story of how it actually started was that I... I am someone who likes to talk about my ideas a lot and it surprises some of the Swiss, but I am a big talker. (laughs) And so I was talking about how surprising it was that these um, financial services companies weren't online. And um, my friend said, hey, Ali, I've been hearing you talk about this a lot. Why don't you come to the asset management company that I'm working for and pitch to the team on why it's important to be online? Because I agree with you. And I was like, okay, um, didn't have a, a company, didn't have a business. And so I went there and I just presented some statistics and showed them the opportunity of occupying the online space. And in that meeting, there were um, actually the, the CEO and the owner of this, this asset management company, and then um, this woman who had another company and a board member that had his own company. And so at leaving that meeting, I had three clients. And no
0: business (laughs) (laughs) that's quite a good way to start a business though
2: yeah it was so i knew lona who was my very first friend in switzerland and i she worked for switzerland's biggest marketing agency and i called her and i said hey lona can i come over i have a proposition and she she was like okay ali and i went over to her house and i said lona i have three clients do you want to start a business with me? Because <laughs> I, I, I needed her her marketing expertise, right? And she was so confused. She was like, what do you mean you have three clients? You do marketing? Since when? <laughs> and it was a very funny conversation. But yeah, at the end, um, she agreed to start this business with me. So I bring the financial knowledge and she brings the marketing knowledge. And together, we are a power team and we completely know different things. But it's also been... A huge learning experience and a struggle sharing 50 50 a company with someone but we're learning why most people do not do that and why it's not recommended to do that
0: yes yes i learned the same way i mean you yes i mean i did 50 50 um don't do it but you've done it but anyway
2: exactly that's (laughs) that's the advice that i would give everybody Mm -hmm. as well.
0: And in terms of as you scale and as you grow, how are you going to delegate and manage that? Because obviously, Lona being the COO, is she going to take over the majority of the management of staff? Or is it very much going to be, you know, collaborative? What does that look like?
2: So right now with our intern or our trainee, it's very, um, I would say Lona is a little bit more involved, but it, it is both of us. But we have to create systems and put them in place so that we can scale and we can grow. Because we, I think that we were listening to a podcast the other day and they said, Hey, if you got 80 new clients and they walked in the room tomorrow, what would be the first thing that would break in your business? Because that is, is an area that you need to make sure is stronger for when your business does grow. And I think one of the areas that loan and I have to look at is scaling and adding new people to the team. And, um, if we want to distribute the equity and, and how that looks and things like that, because we've been so kind of in the dirt and just trying to grow this business from the ground up, like really bootstrapping ourselves that we haven't really had that bigger strategy um, talk yet.
0: So for the first time since building the studio, we actually invited in our first guest, Mars Dunkley from SLG Brands, joined me in the studio to speak to me about how he took the business over from his parents and now turns over 30 million plus in revenue and has fantastic goals to grow into America. Things really started motoring for you around 2000. In fact, between 2000 and 2015, you were doubling in size every four years. You'd implemented a new plan, design-led strategy. Was this the sort of tipping point? Was this the main thing that actually allowed you to grow? Were there other uh,
3: factors as well? Well, the acquisition of landborns gave us a wider footing. I think that gave us a credibility sort of foundation on which to work. The broadening of the product range that I described when I went to the Far East and really started to team up with lots of factories out there was another reason. And then then the design thing and the sort of creative approach that I was really sort of you know, pioneering. I suppose, but it's, I say pioneering. It was all I knew, to be honest. And the more that we employed that strategy, the faster the growth came, and the more profitable we became as well. So it became a very straightforward process after that. It then became a case of how do we actually use that for the greater good, and that's been a continuing a theme in the company, culminating really in what the business is today, which is a,
0: a brand portfolio company. Have you ever woken up in the morning, be it you know in the last couple of weeks or indeed years, and gone? Actually, this is not going as well as I'd hoped, and you'd had to pick yourself up and dust yourself down and crack on. And if you have, how did you do that? Yeah, that 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 obviously happens. I can't deny
3: it, that that does happen. But um, I think it's just a case of looking at the bigger picture. You know, the moment that you're in is always just a moment, uh, and and if you look further afield around that and put it into context, you can usually find the kind of positives that will get you up and out and, and moving forward again. You know, and certainly as a, as a as a sort of leader of a company you know it's very important to demonstrate that sort of positivity to your to your team i find at, at my company at slg um that there's a lot of leaders in the company a lot of people are doing that and there's a kind of a, a sort of electricity amongst those that
0: that that are leading that 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 kind of fuels everybody's belief actually how do you because someone said to me the other day that an entrepreneur shouldn't be a sponge they shouldn't just take everything on they should actually be a sieve and they should let the sort of things that don't really regard them or need to be you know cared about filter through now how do you filter the correct things and run with the with with the things that you want to run with
3: well I think a a lot of it with, with with myself and I'm sure entrepreneurs generally is an intuition mm-hmm. thing, really. I have an attraction to certain projects or certain things. And and, and those are the ones that I pursue. And, and in my career so far, the things that I really have enjoyed or the things that really have attracted me to them have usually been the things that have been the most lucrative, actually. So I tend to follow that. Like I wouldn't have invested into the union project if I didn't love what they do and have a real belief in what they're doing. You know, th- this for me is the motivator. And the same with SRG. I, I, I'm so proud of SLG. I'm so proud of what we've achieved. I look at it with huge love and affection. And I think that's really important for me. So I don't very, I very rarely look at something, think of it just as a financial thing. And, and should I do it just for
0: financial reasons? So that, that, that's not how I'm personally wired. Are you one of those investors when you look at it? And I love Dragon's Den. But it is very fake in as much as the equity they ask for the value they give, it does seem slightly out of proportion comparatively to what a normal investor might give. Do you go in there and give them or ask for 20, 30, 40% of a business that really should only be giving 5% away?
3: I talk uh, about the the, the company, the vision of the company, the successes so far, and we have a, a mature discussion about equity value. If you can't get past that, you can't invest. Mm-hmm. But it all starts with that kind of discussion, really. That's a very important element. So
0: what's on the horizon? Give it 12, 18 months' time. If you come back in here and you'll go, right, we spoke about this, this and this. It's all happened, doubled in size. What's, what's that What's that goal? So we've got some fantastic new
3: brands in play. We've got some existing brands that have broadened distribution hugely during the pandemic. What we're really excited about now is, is seeing those take flight globally, particularly in America, which is now our biggest market. And I love the idea of a cheltenham-based business just nailing it in america and i think we're on the verge of that it's starting to happen and i and i'm so excited to see in a year or two years time what has happened and I'm, i'm sure it will be about america and our
0: expansion in the states Are you looking for a PR company that can evaluate your brand profile and execute effective communications? Well, and PR, who work with some of the largest brands in the fashion, field sports and luxury lifestyle sectors, can do exactly that. Developing long-term relationships is at the heart of the Bloxam ethos. Combining big thinking with big results, they simply never miss a trick. And they certainly didn't miss a trick by partnering with us. Check them out at blocksandpr.com. So at the top of Series 3, I caught up with Jay from State. It's a fascinating business around spontaneous travel as we come out the back end of the pandemic. So you guys have basically been going all of about a year now. Your previous life, you were working for somebody, you jumped ship, and and you've gone into this world of entrepreneurial start-up. And I suppose, why did you do that? Because you must have been on a fairly comfortable pay packet with Newton Europe back in the day.
4: Good good, question. I suppose what, we were, what I was doing back at Newton was very exciting. So I work for a company called Newton Europe. We we're an ops management consultancy. I've been there for three and a half years, as you mentioned, probably on like a relatively good salary and a comfortable life, lifestyle. Um, but I've always wanted to do something at, like by myself and work for myself and be my own boss. There was an event in my life and during that event, I completely realized, oh, wow, I definitely don't want to become a partner at a management consulting firm. What I wanted to do is set something up from scratch, like make something out of nothing. Uh,
0: But what was that life changing moment? Then was that that, because you've done a lot of interesting things? You sailed the Atlantic Ocean and broke three world records. That wasn't the the, the moment that you thought. Actually, I'm going to jump ship, excuse the pun, and start a business. Oh
4: yeah, it wasn't sailing. I rode. I rode the Atlantic Ocean. That's even harder. Which is even harder. Um, (laughs) Sail sailing's pretty pretty casual. Um, You can you got to sail it. to do anything yeah I rode rode the atlantic and it took 48 days and went across the atlantic just on human power with your brother with my brother um, and in the middle of that yeah realized that well we had 48 days of no entertainment because we ran out of power and realize that I didn't want to become a partner at a management consulting firm or go into a like a, a top 30 to 50 business.
0: I suppose you get asked this all the time but what differentiates you between the likes of Airbnb for instance and, and lastminute.com etc because although yes you know you can book on your platform within 14 days no more no less how do you actually differentiate yourself?
4: Yeah, sure. this is a this is a great question. So on, honestly at the moment we we are not differentiating ourselves as much as we like to be where we are trying to get to I use this 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 analogy so if you think about blockbuster 20 years ago do you remember blockbuster I do yeah so the travel industry is like blockbuster at the moment if you think about the experience that you have on airbnb or booking.com or verbo is very much a catalog so what stays is doing is we are going to be the Netflix experience of travel. So rather than going and searching through catalogs of different locations and different places and different properties, we are going to know more, start to know more and more about our users and continuously recommend stuff that you're more likely to go and book. So instead of taking four hours to go and book that trip, you can go and book it in five minutes and Within five minutes, we've shown you a location and a property and enabled you to book it with your friends. And you just pay with the thumbprint, and it's done.
0: How do you make the money?
4: So we are commission-based model. Um, so we, we take a cut of each booking that goes through the platform.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's hugely intuitive as a platform and as an app. I downloaded it already and had a little look on it. But in terms of an exit, if you wanted to look as far ahead as that, or indeed a flotation, what does that look like for you? Are you going to be on, on the stock market, or are you going to shift the lot and then go and sit in Monaco for the rest of your life?
4: Who, who, who knows? Um, so I'd like, to, I'd like to see the entire business cycle through to IPO. Um, like I think what we what we want to do is as as a founding team and all our early employees to see this see this all the way through to an IPO. Um, but that said, for it like if Airbnb wants to come and give us ten billion pounds for the stage now, probably take it.
0: <laughs> but only if it's ten billion. Nine uh, wouldn't uh, do.
4: 9 do. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <9. Yeah. laughs>
0: it's good to have goals. I spoke to Anne from health snack brand Perkia, who used to work for Kraft Heinz and now runs her own business with a team of four looking to double over the next 12 months. They are a truly independent British business. It's not cheap to start a business in your world in terms of actually buying product, buying manufacturing space, distributing it, storing it, that kind of thing. You know, how did you fund the initial startup phase? Did you go for investment or did you sweat equity in your own cash?
5: yeah we we did, we did it ourselves so um we did save a bit of money just to make sure that we had enough money to be able to explore the opportunities without having to you know take another job straight away but uh, yeah we were we just basically yeah, bootstrapped the business. And um, we're really proud of what we managed to achieve with very, very little money.
0: How much money did you put in initially, then?
5: Um, I think about 50000
0: 50000 and when was the first time you guys started to turn a profit, then?
5: We turned a profit quite early on, um, so probably in about a year or so. I think since then, we've actually, we haven't turned a profit, as so we've increased our investment. But yeah, to start with, we basically manage our cash really, really carefully. And uh, like you say, um, it is expensive to start up a business in some ways, but actually there are lots of ways that you can do things on a bit of a shoestring. You know, you just need to be creative about it. <laughs>
0: Very exciting. And in hindsight, when you obviously started the business to what you know now then, Anne, what would you, and you, you obviously had a huge amount of experience in, in sort of this world before anyway, but what would you do differently running your own, running your own startup, running your own businesses that you kind of go, yeah, that could have been better?
5: yeah i think investment bringing investment in earlier is the is the one thing that i would have done quicker i think bootstrapping the companies it, you know did work in a, a lot of ways for us but i think we could have grown faster quicker had we brought investment along but i think would well, you have
0: learned how to do that how to bring investment at that stage
5: no no and when we had when we started that journey we had to learn completely from scratch so yeah it was a very steep learning curve it's very time intensive it's been a great a really really great experience and um our investors are fantastic because they're so engaged in what we do, so supportive.
0: they are the hands-on investors.
5: Um, some of them get quite hands-on. Some of them are very um, quiet. It's a real mishmash. Yeah, some of them are quite happy to have like a quarterly update and, um, you know, and that's it. And, and others will be throwing ideas and thoughts and giving me a call if I think of an opportunity, um, which we really love too. And they're all from different backgrounds as well. So um they see, do see things through through different different eyes as it were and uh yeah that's been really helpful really useful so um i think you know we've been, we've, we've we've loved that purpose of that, that sort of journey from i think from a personal understanding of how you do it and what what you do and then meeting some fantastic people and then onboarding them onto our into our sort of business onto our team um has been has been great but yeah i think that's the one thing but i think what what was quite a tricky thing was that we we landed a lot of retail business very very quickly and we were a small team and it just got quite tricky to think actually you know if we take the as a key priority for the next X number of months to bring investment on board you know what's going to slip so that was the challenge
0: so you're going to be in the business for the foreseeable or are you expecting an exit at some point Anne?
5: I'll be in the business for the foreseeable I mean it's it's in my it's, the name's in the name so I have to I have to stay yeah <laughs>
0: So I spoke to Jay, who runs Imagine Insights. He's a natural-born salesman and used to sell Beats headphones whilst at school. He now sells Generation Z data to big brands globally so that they can continue to be ahead of the trend. Going all the way back to your childhood, you're the fifth of six children, I think. Is that correct?
6: Yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And your parents are migrants. You are, or you were, you know, pretty crap at education, a bit like most entrepreneurs out there. And that's kind of expected. But... You know, where did you actually find yourself becoming successful at, at that point between childhood and where you are now? When did you go? Actually, this is what I'm good at. Because I've done a bit of research, and sales is something you are very, very good at. And you've worked with multiple different businesses and different sectors, I suppose, since you left Birmingham Uni. But when did you go? That is, that is where I am going to spend most of my time.
6: Yeah, I think it was even really all the way back down to when I was 13, 14. Cause I was selling stuff when I was at school, <laughs> but it was my mum. My mum was always the one that's being like, Hey, you're a salesman through and through just stick to that. Cause she used to run her own um, careers guidance company when we were, when I was, I was really, really young. So she could always spot talent and always spot specific gifts. So she was just like, Hey, this is what you're good at. So just hone in on that. And that's all I did. I just listened to my mum, honed in on my craft and continue to try and perfect that. Um, And I think over the years, that's just um, done me a great service.
0: Do you think entrepreneurs have to be good salespeople? Or could you, you know, Silicon Valley, they're all nerds, they're all very, you know, tech wizards, and they plug someone in that can do the sales. But, you know, I can sell, you can sell, we're both entrepreneurs. Is, Is that something people have to have to become successful?
6: I think um, to some extent, yeah, because even if you're not selling to clients as an entrepreneur, you're going to be selling to investors because obviously you're speaking about the, the nerds over there in, in Silicon Valley. They're, they're <laughs> have, they have to learn how to sell themselves and sell their business to investors. Um, for me personally, if you can learn to sell, even if it's just to the smallest degree, I think it's, it's such a powerful tool to be able to have. And it's never going to do you a disservice. It's always going to be something helpful. So I definitely think sales is a, is a key part of being an entrepreneur for sure.
0: So talk to me about the 30 under 30 Forbes um, listing, which I think it was in 2019, which is around when you founded the business, how did you go about um, getting recognised? Because that's, um, you know, that's inspiring. That's great.
6: Yeah, that's, a, it's a cool one. I think it's, um, I've never, I've never really been one for awards and stuff like that. Really, Rahab, she used to work for us at the time when the I think it was 20, I can't remember, 2019, then I was, I was listed. So she nominated me at the time. I had no I, I looked at the she, he sent the form over to me and I looked at it and it was super long and I was like alright I'm done I don't I don't mind I was like if you, you can enter it if you want to enter it but I'm, I'm not filling that in that's true. I was like I can't bother to do that right now and I didn't know if she'd actually gone and done it so on the day she sent me an email going hey look you've actually made it onto the list which was great it was obviously awesome to, to, to be recognised like that and to be amongst some really interesting people but it's the, the important thing for me that came out of it was the fact that we were offered interviews because people are oh, your Forbes 30 under 30 whatever whatever but off the back of that we actually then landed Gymshark as client because the person that did an interview with us then introduced us to the executive chairman at Gymshark and so on and so on. So that's what's important, the actual tangible outcome, not necessarily always the award
0: how do you know when to stop, I suppose? How do you know that actually you need to focus on this thing today rather than diluting your time and helping others? Because you are quite busy.
6: Yeah, it's a a good question. I think I'm a, um, and as people get to know me, I'm I'm super militant with my time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm up at 6.15 and normally go to either Jiu Jitsu or the gym first thing. Or I do both, sorry. And then, um, and then I'm at work for for ten. I work ten to four, and I don't normally ever work after four p.m.
0: But that, I mean, that's fascinating. The fact that so many people come on here and go, I work every other day. I'm I'm up at X, Y, and Z, and I get a bed. You know, at one in the morning. And you're here going. We've just started. We're growing. I go to the office at ten. I finish at four. You know, that is a totally different mentality, but arguably, I bet you're, you're equally as productive because you're just so focused over those hours. I suppose if you had somebody come to you and say, right, I need this doing today and it wasn't scheduled into your diary, are you one that can just take something and run with it? Or do you, you know, can can you be spontaneous in your working life?
6: Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. And I think being strict with my hours allows me to be spontaneous. It's, it, it kind of feels counterintuitive, but it actually allows me to, to slot things in because I know that my my times are allotted and this is what works for me i think some people it just wouldn't work for them and i always encourage people do what works best for you and figure that out because i know some of my friends have tried to implement my working style and it's been horrendous for them and um, so i think you really have to find out what your working style is personally for you
0: so what does success then jay look like for you over the next couple of years is it scale is it money is it just making sure that you're making a huge difference on these big brand campaigns etc
6: it's down to two things, really. It's being able to continue to pay our community more and more. That's a massive focus for me because a lot of members of our community are, we have an extremely diverse community, so a lot of them won't be able to get the, the straightaway full-time job and we, able to, we enable them to earn while they're perfecting their their, their craft. And then outside of that, yeah, adding value to businesses. For us, it's adding value to brands, brands signing up to our annual subscription and being, hey, you know we can do insights with you over the next three years. That's what gets me excited, being able to add value over an extended period of time. And not just ad hoc pieces, which is really, really cool. And then, definitely, from a from a personal perspective, as you said earlier, I'm a son of immigrants. So for me, it's the opportunity to be able to be the first person in my family to do something at this scale is is extremely exciting. Um, and to be able to hopefully one day make sure that my children can be born and do whatever the hell they want because they. Need- Know that there's enough money in the bank because because dad did his growth. Have you got kids yet or not? Um, I do have a 14 year old, so I can't even call him a child anymore. He's he's a fully grown man. He's taller than me, so um, <laughs> the, so it's I can't even can't even call him a child. But he's focused on basketball and school, which is great.
0: I like that. That is a good point to finish, Jay. I appreciate your time. I think you're going to be uh, what have you got? You've got a couple of hours until the end of the day, so you're going to need to crack on and really focus until you go and chill with <laughs> the family later. But dude, thank you ever so much for coming on. Thank you so
6: much for having me, over I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Cheers, Jay. Take care, buddy. Thanks, mate. Bye.
0: So, as you know, this is the end of Series 2. Thank you so much to everybody that's listened to all the episodes. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Keep us in the rankings. We'll be back in August, hopefully, to win another award.